Hello there. Welcome and thank you for listening to the Joy Fountain podcast. It is my prayer that the message you're about to hear will in many ways than one feed your soul and strengthen your decision and resolve to follow Jesus. My name is Andaza Hezekiah, pastor at the Joy Fountain Church here in Winnipeg, Manitoba. May your joy be full today in Jesus' mighty name. Now let's dive into the Word. So last Sunday, I, I started talking about something. I started talking about the divine assignment. How many of you were here and how many of you were blessed? I talked about the divine assignment. I'm just going to redefine it again here today. I used two verses of scripture. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not what perish, but have everlasting life. So I want us to... Uh, to focus today on that, let's go a little bit further. I'm praying that God will bless. I'm praying that God will give us insight in Jesus' mighty name. Do I hear an amen? amen. In John 20, 21, he also said, As my Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. Jesus said, As the Father sent me, I'm sending you. He gave us the same commission. So in different stages of our life, in different places where we may be, we have an assignment. You have an assignment and you also have the assignment. So for me, the assignment for me is I'm a preacher. I could write a book. I could preach here. I could preach on television. I could preach on YouTube. I could uh, do a seminar. I could, well, I could lead a prayer session. My job is to bring people closer to God, to uh, expound the mysteries of God, Bring God's revelation from his word, from scripture to the people. It's a calling I've had since 1989. That's my assignment. The, I have words that describe what I'm supposed to be doing. Clearly. Each one of us also have the assignment. You have to figure out what it is. There's also an assignment. An, an assignment. That is a specific task or responsibility that God gives to you. For example, there were people, there was someone who was here in our church one time, and he served. He did all that he was supposed to do. Then one day he said to me, you know, I've been called to go somewhere else. My job is moving me and all that kind of thing. You know, I couldn't find work here. And then he left the city to go to another city. But we've remained in contact, not one, not two, not three. There are quite a number of people like that. We've remained in contact. Our relationship has remained. He's grown. He's doing very well. But Recently, we're talking, and he said to me, I thank God for the number of years I was at Joy Fountain. But then I said to him, I also thank God for the number of years you are here, because he had an assignment why he was here. But right now over there, he's continuing the assignment wherever he goes. There's something that he has to do in his life that he's been called to do. And wherever he goes, he puts his stamp on it. And it's so for every one of us. Your divine assignment is what God has sent you to do. Your spouse, your children, your family, your secular calling and faith community are all part of the assignment. So my spouse is a part of my assignment. I'm to encourage my wife. I'm to support her. I'm to help her. I'm to, you know, I remember one time I grew up in a country where the men most of the time make more money than the women. 
So then my wife began to make more than I was making. And uh, it was like, oh, you know, that's not the normal, you know, men get upset that they're, things have changed now, but way back then, I grew up in a time where most of the women did not work. They stayed at home. A few worked, but they never made as much as the men. And so what, what, about, what was I going to do? I was excited. I encouraged her. And I also realized that uh, she had a, <laughs> she wanted to study some more. So she wanted to get a, after her degree, she wanted to study some more. And she went for a year, year's program in computer science. I said, we are more than welcome to do it. I wanted to encourage her. I felt, you know, but there was that thing like, oh, you want to have more, more degrees than I do. You want to have more certificates than I do. Like that kind of, but you know what? She's my assignment. I have a responsibility to encourage her where God wants her to be. Our children are assignment. Many people do not realize that. Your child, your, your son, your daughter, they are God-given assignments. You have a responsibility to invest in them and bring them to where God wants them to be. You know, this morning, Christine came up. Christine's mother has gone to be with the Lord. Last Sunday, you know, I mentioned it. Um, actually, during our communion, it was one of the lessons of our communion last Sunday. The people who served at Burnett and your mom's passing are going on to be with the Lord. Funny enough, Christine went to Vancouver with the uh, communion cups from our service here, which she was able to share with her dad. And, you know, in the, I don't know how many people shared in that, but I don't remember the details. But she, she texted back to me to say this is what was happening. I really love that. On, on the, at the last prayer meeting we had, I remember Ken taking uh, uh, the communion cup to go and give his wife at home. This is, this is an example of the assignment. Why I brought Christine up was she came up here. We were not sure that you would do the service flow because you're just coming back from the loss of your mother and all that. And this morning I was thinking about you. I thought, oh, I don't even know. I didn't get a message back to confirm who was going to take the service flow this morning. And I was thinking, oh, man, if Suzanne, I mean, if uh, uh, Christine wouldn't do it, uh, maybe Edna, maybe somebody else, maybe David. But we don't want to schedule people too many times, right? So, but then I see you come up. I wasn't sure who it was going to be. And you did. Because you believe I'm sure that your mom would be proud of you today that you did. I remember when my dad passed and went on to be with the Lord. That Sunday, I preached a message. I had prepared the message and I said, you know what? If my dad was here, he would want me to go and preach. So I went. It was, you know, my heart was heavy. At, at the same time, I had joy. Heavy because I wish I had been with my dad. He's 8,000 miles away. I wish I had been there a few days before. I didn't know he was going to die that time. I didn't know he was going to be home to be with the Lord. One of the things I really desire now, I wish I had, was more time with my dad before he left. But I can't get it back. He's gone. That's why now I try to spend as much time with my mom as possible because she's in her 70s. What if the Lord calls her home today? I want to make sure that I gave as much time because they are part of my assignment on the planet. So, the other thing I want to say is that our secular calling and faith community are all part of the assignment. So we have to give ourselves here and there to wherever God has called us. You are here at Joy Fountain today. You are here on assignment. Your assignment may be six months. Your assignment may be one year. For some, your assignment will be 10 years. But you've got to figure it out and know that God has called me here. And like I said last week, there are obstacles to the assignment. Last week, I gave seven obstacles to your assignment. If you own a business, that's your assignment. If you work as a professional, that's your assignment. But God must come into that assignment. Peter gave Jesus his boat. 
and he caught the fish he had never caught in his life. What is your assignment while you are here? Do you have a beautiful voice? Do you play the guitar? Do you play the drums? What do you do? We're going into another season of this church. It's going to be a season of growth. It's going to be a season of death. It's going to be a season of blessing, of great prosperity. But are we prepared? How is God calling you today? Why are you here today? God has a reason why he brought you today. It's not an accident. There's something that he wants. There are people who are not in church today. Maybe they travel. Maybe they're in, they have an illness or whatever, or they're at work. But you are here. There's a reason why. And I pray that God will give you that reason. In Jesus' name, do I hear an amen? We have to live life on assignment because it's rewarding. There's a reward in living life on assignment. When you know you're on assignment and you do what God has called you to do, there's joy. Joy is not sold at Walmart. Joy is not sold at Home Depot. God is the giver of joy. I want to go on to talk about being a fool for Christ's sake. And I ask you a question. Are you prepared to be called a fool because of your dedication to Christ? In 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 10a, Paul says, we are fools for Christ's sake. Think about that for a moment. In the NLT, he says, we are, we are considered fools because of our dedication to Christ. The world will call those who are following Jesus fools. Have you heard them say it before? You go to some chat rooms, you go on Facebook, they say foolish people. You should be prepared to be called a fool by those who don't believe. The reason is this. If you have a problem with someone calling you names because you are following Jesus, you probably won't go far following Jesus. Do you understand this? If you have a problem with someone calling you a fool because of your belief. I had a friend once. Actually, he ended up becoming one of my assistants years back. He became a Christian, joined our church and grew. He, I didn't know him prior to the time, but he said in his past, he was an unbeliever. He always called Christians foolish people. His dad was the chairman of a very big company that had multinational company in Europe, North America, and in our country at the time. And uh, he was very proud of this, his father being chair of this company and all the connections their family had and the kind of dinners they would go to and all these types of things. And so he was very proud. But one day he got invited to church. He was going through some stuff in his life that all the money and all that couldn't help him. So he went to a service, to a church that was really growing. And this particular church, the pastor is a very flamboyant pastor. So, the, you know, that's really not my style, but he's just very flamboyant. And then he saw people in the church, they were dancing and giving praise to God. He recognized some people in the church. Some of them were wealthy people. Some were people he knew in their professional lives. He saw doctors there, people that he respected, that he didn't even know go to that church. And he was thinking to himself, if this person, that person, that person can be here glorifying God, doing, what am I doing? When the message time came, the pastor gave a brief message and then at a point gave the, the altar call that whoever would like to give their lives to Jesus, this guy ran to the front. He was one of the first to get there. Why? Because suddenly he saw himself as a nobody. And that's how his own assignment started. He was prepared to be called a fool. And till this day, he now lives in Calgary. He's still following Jesus. 
after so many years. Why? Because he saw other people that he had called a fool. Well, he generally, but he now saw some specific ones he never could have imagined. He said, it's only poor people who follow Jesus. That's what his mind. He said, ah, oh, they're just looking for how to, you know, they're, they're people with problems who don't have a solution until he met his own first class problem. Because some people are dealing with third class, second class problems. They can manage, they can solve it, they can discuss it. But when they come in contact with a first class problem, every human being looks up. Every human being will say, whoever is out there, because inside of us, even the atheist who denies the existence of God, deep inside our spirit know that there's someone somewhere. So let me give you now seven assi assignment boosters. Seven assignment boosters, and I'll do it quickly. The first one is favor. Now, why are we talking about the assignment? You know, this is the Christmas season. People talk about the birth of Jesus Christ and all that. And we get stuck on the birth of Jesus Christ. We get stuck on the story of the three wise men or the wise men. Some people say they are not three. The wise men who came with three gifts. And people even argue and all that. But I want you to understand that there is more to the story than meets the eye. I, want to, I like during this season, I look around, I, I read all the scriptures. And I get information. I get, uh, you know, revelation from the word. This is the time we celebrate the coming of Jesus as a baby. What happened during that time? What happened to Mary? What happened to Joseph? What happened to even the donkey that they rode? All of that, there's a lesson in all of those things. That's why we have to read the Bible. So I want to give you seven assignments. Last week, I gave you seven. So if you want that message, you can go to joyfoundchurch.com and slash messages or just... Find messages there on the, on the, on the homepage, you'll see that. And you can listen to that. I gave you seven obstacles. Today, I'll give you seven boosters. Seven things that if we have or do, they help us accomplish God's purpose for our lives. Or God's assignments, whether they are seasonal assignments or lifetime assignments. The first one, the first one. You want to know what the first one is? Favor. Favor. Somebody say favor. When you have favor over your life, favor, you know, I've preached about favor a lot, a lot, is divine approval. And I think that when God gives you favor, one of the things that comes with the favor of God is the wisdom of God. When, when God's favor comes, it comes with the wisdom of God to know what to do. And let me prove it from Luke chapter one. Remember I said, we are looking at the scriptures that people, we always call the Christmas scriptures. That's not what I call them. <laughs> but I've heard people call them the Christmas scriptures. And they, we feel that those scriptures are not to be read only December time. I think they should be read any time the Lord leads us to it. But for the sake of the fact that a lot of people are open at this time to Christmas, which is a great idea, which is great, nothing against it. Christ was born, but he didn't remain a baby. He grew into a man. None of us have babies. How many of you want your babies to remain babies? I see a little girl over there and one over there. They're two years old. But they came out just, you could actually hold them on one hand like that, right? But look at them growing. <laughs> and very soon, they'll be correcting your own English. Telling you, no, that's not how to say. I told you last week that my, uh, the people who actually uh, analyzed my message are my children. I used to think they were not listening. Because it, sometimes, uh, you know, my son will be like that. Or he'll be doing something. But at the end, he will say, that was a very good message. Other times he will say, I think you are talking too fast. 
You're talking too fast. Can you slow down a little bit? And uh, when you are singing, you don't sing like this. You have to sing like that. I'm like, okay, but you can't sing yet. They grow up. That's the point. They grow up and they start telling you, don't do that. If you pick up your cell phone when you're driving, they tell you, no, you shouldn't. Because it's against the law. It's a blessing for your children to grow up. So nobody wants their child to bring a baby. So why do we want Jesus to remain a baby? Baby Jesus grew into a man. But let's look around the surrounding of what happened. In Luke chapter 1, verse 26 to 28, Luke 1, 26 to 28, I want to show you something interesting. Luke chapter 1. Do we have the scripture up there? Oh, good. Let me use the scripture up there. Let's read it together, everybody. Everybody, let's go. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, what? Favored woman. The Lord is with you. So if you go on to verse 27, oh, sorry, we're at 28, right? Okay, good. Favor, that's the first thing. I don't want to <laughs> jump ahead of time uh, myself. So you see there, favor is the first thing. God had an assignment for Mary. For that assignment to pass, for that assignment to be fulfilled, favor had to rest upon her. Friends, may God's favor rest upon you. Do you say amen to that? I want you to know you already have favor. You already have favor. If you are a child of God, if you believe in Jesus, if you've given your heart to Jesus, the favor of God is already on you. John, I'm picking on you today. Do you have a son? How many do you have? Two. Okay. Now, do you favor your sons? Yes, you do. Do they need to ask you for favor? No. David, you have children, right? Two boys, uh, one boy and two girls. But do they need to ask you for favor? No. The favor is already upon them. Friends, I want you to do something. Do you have a right hand? A left hand. Lefty or righty, they're both good. We're not Muslims. We're, we're Christians. Both hands are good. Okay. So <laughs> can you do this? I have favor upon my life. Say that. I have favor, God's favor upon my life. God has approved you. But Satan will come to you and say, you are not approved of God. No, you are approved of God. You are approved of God. You are approved of God. This is why you can pray. Some of you will say, I don't know how to pray. You know how to pray. Prayer is talking to God. It's talking to God. Number two is this. Faith. The second assignment booster is faith. Faith in God. It's an active belief in something that, uh, uh, and an expectancy and a, a person not doubting that God can do what he has promised. If you look at Luke chapter 1, verse 34 to 38, Luke 1, 34 to 38, let's look at that scripture. It says, Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. You see, after the angel told her, you are going to have a, a son, she says, how can? I, 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 I'm a virgin, right? The angel replied, everybody, let's read together verse 35. One, two, go. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will what? Overshadow you. That's what the angel said. The angel went on to say, the baby to be born will be holy and will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say, she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of God, hallelujah, will never fail. Amen? 
God's word over you will never fail. God's word over this church will never fail. I tell you, God's word over my own life will not fail. Amen. Verse 38, Mary responded. Let's read that one together. Everybody want to go. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And the angel left. This is the secret. Mary said something. What are you saying? Some people are too negative for their miracles to happen. Some people are too negative for their breakthroughs to come. Some people are too negative for them to take a step. They enter into what is called analysis paralysis. They analyze until they are paralyzed. May everything you have said about me come true. Number three is force. Force. There are times in our life where we have to apply force. And I'm not talking of beating up people. I'm talking of refusing to back down. When you know that the only choice is to go forward. Force. And look at what happened in Luke chapter 2 verse 13 to 14. They were forced out because Herod wanted to kill the baby. Jesus, they were forced to run away to Egypt. An angel came and said, Joseph, take the baby away. They were forced out of Bethlehem to Egypt. There are times when we are forced in a situation or into a situation and it will take force to get us out. Faith is a force. Prayer is a force. Fasting is a force. Praise is a force. Worship is a force. Preaching is a force. When we praise the Lord, holy and anointed one, we, you're the holy and anointed one, we praise you. Living and exalted one, the holy lamb of God, we praise you, we praise you. It's a force. When we sing, we are enforcing the counsel of God. When we pray, we are enforcing the counsel of God. When we preach, we are enforcing the counsel of God. The Bible says that uh, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you lose on earth will be loosed in heaven. We are enforcing the counsel and the revealed will of God when we do. When we clap our hands, clap your hands, all ye people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. When we clap our hands, it's a force. In Matthew chapter 28 verse 2, the Bible says that an earthquake rolled the stone away. Jesus was put there for him to come back from the dead. There had to be a force more powerful than death. Somebody say force. Oh, that's not forceful. <laughs> Are you with me this morning? Somebody say, force. Force. The earthquake shook the place and the stone rolled away. Friends, the next assignment booster for the things that God wants us to do is fire. 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 If you have no fire in your bones, you can't motivate yourself how much more motivate someone else. You need fire. You need the fire of the Holy Spirit to get you moving. When Jesus came out of the water, the Holy Spirit fell on him. John said, John the Baptist, he said, 
in Matthew chapter 3, verse 11. He said, another one is coming who is greater than me. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. When the Holy Spirit comes upon the life of a person, they don't remain the same. They don't remain the same. See, I preach like this because of my personality, okay? But I also preach the way I do because of the fire of the Holy Spirit in me. Now, everybody who's not like me, who doesn't like to jump around, will not preach like me. Somebody stand behind the pool. Some people stand like this. But you can tell there's fire in their bones. The words are fiery. Their eyes are fiery. Their speech is fiery, undeniably fiery. When they put their hands on you and pray for you, it's fiery. It's different than when somebody just stands there and say, oh my goodness, and people are sleeping off. It's the anointing of God, the fire of God on a person. They cannot remain the same. They cannot remain the same. When you meet them in, at work, everybody knows. Everybody knows that they, they have fire. Friends, you need the fire of God. If your assignment is going to be fulfilled, you need to be on fire. People who pray usually have fire. You can kill your fire by complaining. You can kill your fire by looking at the weaknesses of other people. And always, oh, instead of looking at good, you are counting all the things that are not good. That's why people, some people are just weighed down with unhappiness. Depression. It's not, and they say it's the devil. Sometimes it's not the devil. Sometimes we are busy looking at things that cause depression. It's good to look at problems, but also look at solutions. The next one is form. 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 <laughs> spiritual form. How have you been formed spiritually? People must grow. If you remain where you were three days ago, three years ago, ten years ago, you can't fulfill your life assignment. You have to build yourself up. Jesus went into the desert, Matthew 4, 1 to 11, fasted for 40 days. He was forming himself spiritually, forming himself spiritually. You've got to form yourself. If you hang around people who are always talking negative, you will never form yourself. If you hang around people who are speaking positive, you will form. Friends, who are you hanging out with? Are they people who introduce you to good things or bad things? Form, spiritual form. If your spiritual form, is, if inside of you is strong, if inside of you is strong, nothing outside can destroy you. Yes, hallelujah. And the last, the second to the last is funding. Many people say, don't talk about money in the church because you know when you talk about money, you just, no, 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 no. We need to talk about money. First of all, we need to teach people that they should not waste their money. Don't waste your money. Invest. Be smart. Be wise. Because you may have, you see, anytime you have an opportunity and a large amount of money comes to you, it's not an accident. It's, it's you, if you are a child of God, you have to say, God, why is this happening to me? Don't just run out and buy all the jeans now because you have the money. No, think of the future. Look at your children. It's better we lay up so that our children have something they can start off. Our children should not start where we started. I, I don't know if you agree with that, but I really believe because I didn't start where my parents started. They worked hard to get me up there. You also have to find yourself supporting the work of God. You have to do it. When you support the work of God, God supports you. But we're not going to beat your head about and say, oh, if you don't give us money. No, no, that's not what I'm talking about. Let money be your servant, not your master. But do you know that you need to fund your dreams? If you want to earn more income, you have to go and take a course. Or you have to learn a new skill. Jesus, how, what do, how, where do we see funding from here? If you look at Matthew chapter 2, verse 11, the Bible says the wise men brought what? Gold. 
frankincense, and what? Myrrh to Jesus. Gold was the first thing the Holy Spirit mentioned that they gave to the baby in Bethlehem. Gold. So if Mary and Joseph have need of something, they can easily sell a piece of gold. <laughs> yeah. Gold is, has always been valuable and the value always keeps going up. They brought gold so that that baby would not lack anything, so that they themselves would not lack. People say they were so poor. If they were poor, on the day Christ was born, the poverty ended because they had gold in their house. I read it from the Bible, guys. I didn't just make it up. It's I preach from the Bible. I don't like to preach from newspapers. That's why I really don't depend on statistics. Because you say, well, every marriage will end, 50% of marriages will end in divorce. No, that's there, not in this church. That's somewhere else. <laughs> why should we quote what the news is telling us? Amen. Are you with me today? I'm almost done. The last one is friends. Jesus said, when, when he had grown up, he said, I no longer call you servants, but I call you friends. John 15, 15. And in 1 Chronicles 27, 33, David, the King David had a friend called Hushai. Hush, uh, yeah, that was his name. He was uh, all along, I think I got his name wrong, but all along he was, uh, uh, they, they were mentioning all the people who ate at David's table. And they mentioned this person. They said he was the king's friend. First of all, they said, this one, this one is a general. He commands the army. This one does this. This one is in charge of the fields. This is in charge. Then they said, this fellow is a friend of the king. No position, no official title, just what? Friend. Friend. Presidents of countries, prime ministers have friends. Some are very close. Just one day, they hang out together, they talk, they discuss about stuff, about their children, about their spouses, about life. They don't talk politics, they're just friends. We need the right kind of friends. May God give you the right kind of friends. I have friends, a few of them, a few people I call friends. Younger, older, some richer, wealthier, some, you know, just coming up in life. But I find out that the cross speaks of relationships, up and down and peer. You have to have peer relationships. But you have to have people who have gone ahead further than you. They have raised their children, you can learn from them. You have people also who are coming up, you can give to them. We need friends because friends will help us fulfill the divine assignment. Well, that's all for now. Thank you for listening. Were you blessed by the message? Do you have any questions? Did you make a commitment to follow Jesus as Lord? Please let us know. You can contact us by sending us a message on our contact page at joyfountainchurch.com. Have a blessed day.